Hey, this is Eastlake BBA, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you. We hope this builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Hi, I'm Luis, and I am an alcoholic. Luis. Luis. Super grateful for all of you being here tonight. Uh, it hasn't been this full in a while, and it's good to see this many people here. Um, the topic for tonight, uh, I've been praying on short notice for a topic, and I originally thought I was going to speak on forgiveness, and then uh, about an hour ago, something came up and brought me to page 511, and uh, I'll just read a little bit, and then I'll bring, I'll bring us back, but it says, um, I know I owe it to the grace of God and to the three words of the 12 steps. Continue, improve, and practice. And uh, I had not ever even read this story. It's called Gutter Bravado. And I hadn't really seen these three words in this way. But, um, you know, when, before I got here, uh, I really did try looking for help in self-help books. I tried to find a, a program or create one that I could work it by myself or that I could at least manage, control my drinking, right? I mean, and, and that's um, ultimately what, what really uh, drives us crazy, right? Uh, and so when I hit bottom, I asked God to help me get to a 12-step meeting because um, I hit bottom the day after my sister-in-law's wedding. Thanksgiving was around the corner and I was just filled with so much guilt, shame, and remorse because I had once again blacked out after a wedding. I I was just infamous that if it was an open bar scenario, um, I would overheat early and black out, and then the next day, wake up, trying to put the pieces back together of how bad I had messed up, you know? And by and towards the end, because this is a progressive disease, um, it doesn't matter how much I mess up, it's just, it's just, I can't live with the thought anymore of even messing up a little, because I'm just so tired of saying sorry. I'm just so tired of just, of just the whole Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And so um, um, I remember there was this book, The Seven Highly, what is it, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I was reading that book and The Alchemist on the last year before I hit bottom. And I didn't even know this word spirituality. It was completely foreign. I have read so much and yet I had managed to just not see that word. Um, and so when I, when I did get here, I realized that not only was I financially bankrupt, but I was spiritually bankrupt. I mean, I was broken. You know, um, I don't often talk about my success before I get here because the truth is, it was never enough. You know, uh, I had access to... You know, uh, we had a small media company, so I got to go to parties at the Googleplex, Yahoo's parties, Microsoft parties. I've been around a lot of celebrities. I don't really talk about it. money. Money was flowing. Um, it was never enough. I always wanted to get into the next party. I always wanted more money. And uh, I, we had built something early that by the time I hit bottom, I, I couldn't even show up to work, but the money was just flowing, you know? And so, you know, I had passive income, uh, a lot of it, you know? I, the, the dreams that we had when we started the business, we hit those quick. And, but the thing is, is that when, you, when, when you're already on this path of alcoholic torture, um, yeah, I mean, like setting new goals and dreams. It's at this point. It's like I'm in. Uh, it talks about uh, the king alcohol. 
and his mad realm, I was just swept up in it. And so in the seven, highly, seven habits of highly effective people, he talks about God, but I would ignore it. Like I wanted what that man had it without the, without the source of his power. You know, I, I wanted to just be able to, to put these good practices, good habits into practice, but I couldn't. I had bought, I kid you not, by the time I hit bottom, I had already bought seven different types of road bikes, bicycles, spent a lot of money uh, because I really wanted to like get the benefits of riding out there, but I just couldn't do it because I was so hung over that I couldn't do it consistently. If you can't do that level of exercise consistently, it's like starting over every time. Which I imagine for us who have relapsed or, or, or have tried on our own, that's what it feels like, right? It's starting all over. And, and every time it's just harder. And so I literally did hit bottom before I got here. And so for me, um, the 12 steps was exactly what I was looking for. I, get, wasn't, I wasn't ready for all of it, especially the God thing. And so for me early on, the, uh, my higher power was the group. The 12 steps became my higher power, you know, and I was on fire early. I was on fire for this. And so um, um, the book, I'll, I'll read what it says. It says on page 511. So today I'm much more comfortable with life. And Alcoholics Anonymous has promised as Alcoholics Anonymous has promised, and I know they're right when they say it keeps getting better. And that has been my experience in these past eight years. There have been peaks and valleys, but it, it does get better. It's a different life. And that's, it's different. It's different than anything I could have imagined when I got here. Because when I got here, I just wanted you guys to show me how to basically go back and rebuild my sandcastle. And I tried. I tried for sure in those first two years, you know. Um, he's not in this room, but he was in, in our rooms for a while. And there's this doctor who would tell us that the mind takes up to two years to heal. And I know that, yeah. And I know that many of us want to get through the steps so quickly so we can get back to wherever it was that we think that we want. But don't miss out on being a newcomer. Allow us to continue to just pour into you this love, this grace, these suggestions to teach you what we've learned from the people who came before us, you know? Um, and so, uh, let me keep reading. My circumstances, I can't even read. My circumstances have steadily improved as my spiritual life grows and matures. I didn't even learn about spiritual, spiritual maturity in the 12 steps. I actually learned it at this church. I got invited to something else. But I, when, when I was introduced to this concept, I, it made sense, right? And Jose has said, Pastor Jose, he's not here today, but many of us know him. He says, you can't get 30 years in 10. You can't get 30 years of experience. You can't get 30 years of practicing this way of life in 10, right? You can't do 10 and 2. And so uh, it goes back to enjoy the process of being a newcomer, right? Give yourself up to those two years, at least, you know, of just, which is why we use a set-aside prayer. Be a learner. Be a student, right? It helps us have that beginner's mind. And going back to before I hit bottom, I had been searching and through Buddhism. So I had read that book, The Beginner's Mind, right? And um, that made sense. But again, uh, there, was no, there was really no effective program in any of these self-help books to help an alcoholic, a tortured alcoholic like myself. I needed more, right? I didn't need just good habits. 
I needed a whole new way of living, which is what's promised in this big book. And more importantly, I needed a fellowship. Because I told you about, I really don't talk about my life, but man, I, had, I had been, um, I thought I really had arrived when I got uh, profiled in our local newspaper. You know, I thought I had arrived when, you know, all these things have happened, right? And so, but I knew I couldn't go back to that way of living. I couldn't go back to that lifestyle. I couldn't go back to those media parties. I couldn't go back to those search engine parties. I couldn't go back to any of that. Um, because I was the kind of guy that would land at a conference the day before, overheat, and then just be sick the rest of the, con- the conference. You know? And I had really stopped going to conferences in the year 2007, which is really when my business start- stopped growing. It just started declining uh, from there. And so, words cannot begin to de- uh, describe the feelings in my heart as I sometimes ponder how much life has changed how far I've come, and how much more there is yet to discover. And that's the thing. Um, Your best life is ahead of you. If you go through these 12 steps, right, and you learn to practice these principles, you learn to practice this way of life, your life will, whatever it is that you have to let go of, whatever it is that you do sacrifice, right, it will be, um, it will expand in new ways. And though I am not sure where my journey may take me next, I know I owe it to the grace of God and to the three words of the 12 steps, continue, improve, and practice. And what I see there is steps 10, 11, and 12. Continue, right? Improve your... improve your conscious contact with God, right? And 12 tells us to practice these principles across all our affairs. If you're new, of course you can't do that, right? You're not there yet. The continue part is keep coming back, right? If you're like me, you're not sure if this can, if this can work for you, or you're not sure if you even want this, right? You're not sure that you're an alcoholic or an addict, right? Um, you're not sure, you know, I had a, uh, my first sponsor, he, uh, we met for seven weeks. On this side of the table, it was clearly he was, he was an addict alcoholic. But he got to, so I think it's more about alcoholism, where it says, if you're not sure if you're one of us, you know, like, then try to do this on your own for one year. And then, and then see what happens. And so he was like, I don't think I'm beyond human aid. He died six months later. Yeah. He got his license back. His parents thought he was practicing this thing. They didn't know that he had stepped away from it. He kept showing up to meetings, but he actually wasn't practicing any of this. And uh, the day he got his driver's license was the day that night he passed away. He slammed into the back of a bus. And this disease is so crazy that Instead of running towards help, if he would have just stayed in the car, he might be still with us. But, but like any of us, when we get in trouble, when our mind is all messed up, we just run. And we run. And they found him. They found him his parents came looking for him on a Tuesday, oh no, on a Thursday. And the next morning, they found him floating uh, off of the 54 in those canals. You know? And so... Um, if you've been here for a while, we've seen a lot, of, a lot of miracles, and we've also seen the other side of this, you know, of this disease. And so, my life at this point, which is, I truly, uh, I try to live by where the Spirit is guiding me. The, the book says in 10 that we've entered this, the realm of the Spirit. You know, and the spirit of the universe, if that works for you, go with that. The spirit, God's spirit, go with that one. Holy Spirit, go with that one, right? But in essence, there's something that is trying to, where we're trying to, that's trying to give us wisdom and guidance, inspiration, encouragement to take the next right step, action, right? 
And so, um, when I got here, I, I, had so, I was so angry and I had so many resentments. I was so upset at my dad. He had a, uh, physically abused me, verbally abused me as a child. And I grew up wanting to play baseball the way he did. I, I, this is why I brought this baseball. I wanted to grow up playing like the way he had an opportunity to play. With all the, our house was filled with trophies. I didn't start playing until I was 11, which is late, super late, you know? And over time, because of this process, I was able to discover, I was able to forgive him from the heart. I was able to see that I was angry at a man who, who had transformed. And I was blind to that transformation because I was stuck in anger and resentment. And because I learned how to forgive from the heart, I was able to, to write these beautiful letters to my dad, you know? And my son played baseball for five years and it was amazing to share. Up, my dad passed away not too long ago, but to have that connection again, you know? Uh, I wasn't even sure I was gonna bring out this baseball, but someone mentioned the Padres, right? And so, uh, how much more time do I got? Three minutes, okay. And so, by the grace of God, right? And so the way to forgive, the way that I, I was taught to forgive is that we do have to acknowledge how someone hurt us. Because here's the thing, my dad, those years as a child, I lost them forever. You can't, we can't go back in time. But that's where I got stuck. So in present time, I was able to see that he ended up growing up to be the father this alcoholic adult needed. He never complained. He always wrote checks to get me out of trouble. He always showed up to pull me out of trouble. Right? And when I was stuck in that anger and resentment, it was just like I deserved it. Right? But because I was able to cancel that debt, then I was finally able to just be so grateful for the person that he had been while I was in my disease, while I was in, in my addiction and the alcoholism, you know? And so uh, this, this book, this 12 steps, you know, it, it's, it's a way of life and it's, Continue to practice what you learn and continue to improve your conscious contact with your higher power. And believe me, your higher power has nothing but good plans for you. Amazing. He, wants, he or she wants to take you to new places and new heights. You know, And it's one day at a time. Your faith will grow. You'll tr learn to trust God. And in time... Uh, you won't even care to talk about the way it was before, right? Because you're grateful that you lived that too, right? I'm not, I don't, I don't at this point, I don't, uh, I don't regret any of the things from the past because now they serve me today. So thank you for letting me share tonight. Thanks, Keith Alcoholic. Thanks for your share, Luis. Um, I went through the steps the first official time with uh, David and my friend Oliver here. Um, and I didn't quite get it. Uh, fake it till you make it went through my life forever. I've recently, within the last five years, lost my father just before I got sober. And I never made that amends to him. And I went up into a campground uh, for the AA. If you guys have never been to that camp out twice a year May and September phenomenal Rincon Indian up there guys sitting there with me and and uh, we started up a conversation after a meeting the meetings are under the trees under the moon outdoors winds blowing through the trees cows coyotes I mean it's spiritual stuff man and uh, I said well I'm American Indian as well he said I know I can see your ancestors around you so it freaks you out a little bit when you first hear that 
But then he started pulling their names out. And I've never met the man before in my life. Um, and I had told him that I, I hadn't made this amends to my father. He said, you can do it right now. He said, write it down. Walk over there underneath one of these trees. Speak to the trees. You'll hear the echo that comes back to you. Sometimes you hear dead silence and sometimes you hear animals. Most of the time it's just dead silence. I said, that's Yellowstone stuff. He's like, absolutely. Uh, go do it. And I did it. And I'm telling you, this weight that I've been carrying around that I had never talked to my father because he was my first qualifier. And um, um, I was able to make that immense. And then I got back, took a sponsee. I started giving back. And you want to hear and feel your spiritual hole fill immediately? When you start working this the way it's designed and you start giving back, that's when you get it. That's when, when you become of service and you start helping others. When I came in here, it was for me. I wanted to get sober. How many of you guys wanted to get sober, right? You guys all wanted to get sober. When I started giving back, it wasn't all about me anymore. When I started just doing God's work and giving it back, that's when my life just changed. All of a sudden, everything became a little bit easier. Everything just became a little bit more tasty. The wind in the trees became a little bit more inviting to me. It wasn't the, the dark of night out there by myself. It was actually, you know, my ancestors letting me get something off my chest because it was just my burden that I was holding. So I love your share tonight, Luis. Um, uh, to, like you, I can't remember what the heck you said, but uh, uh, to continue to practice that, uh, steps five, six, and seven, they call them the forgetting, forgotten steps. You can continue to improve yourself. As you see these things, work on them, practice it, practice this, work on yourself. And I'm able to do that by coming to these meetings and, 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 and working with my sponsee and going through the steps again and seeing the stuff that I got lazy on and started moving back to my old self, of which it's all about me, me, me. I uh, heard uh, at the fireside meeting at J Street, they allow us to do open fires again, bonfires. It's not just a little propane thing. So if you guys want to come to a great meeting on Saturday night. And they said, instead of it saying, keep coming back, they wish that they had said stay. Because this is home now. When you come in these doors, just stay. Because it's an easier life with this program. So thank you for letting me share. Good evening. My name's Jarrett and I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I'm still kind of new. I'm within my first 90 days, so I apologize if I don't say anything profound. <laughs> it's a tough act to follow with some of you guys. Um, I like to believe that I start off in this world as a bright, shining lamp. And it's funny how life has a way of dirtying the glass, if you guys know what I mean. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into my story. I'm just going to make it real short. I grew up in a, a, in a house where, you know, my needs were seldom met as a, as a kid. And what that did for me is it, uh, it gave me a lot of pride. A lot of, like, I was determined to, to be self-sufficient in every way and never ask for help. And so growing up, when I, I became an, uh, an alcoholic and an addict, I, uh, I used to always believe that it was just character flaw. You know what I mean? It wasn't a disease, it wasn't, and then I refused to ask anybody for help. I mean, I see the error of my ways nowadays, but it, it's, still, it's still hard, you know? And now that I'm not numbing myself anymore, I have to learn to deal with things like that, like pride and anger and low self-esteem and all that kind of stuff. And it's tough. So to every day to continue, improve, practice, I mean, I'm, I'm doing it. Because at this stage of my life, that incomprehensible demoralization, that there might as well be a picture of me in that, in that definition. I know that I, I do highly enjoy coming here and seeing all the good examples around me. I know that this program works, and I'm, I'm really appreciative. I love hearing you guys' stories, and everybody has a valuable story to tell, believe it or not. So if anybody else is out there that wants to say something, please do. Um, I know I want to be sober. I know I want that inner peace inside. I want, 
I want real friends, you know what I mean? Because when we were out there, we had friends or people we thought they were our friends, but they weren't our friends. So I don't want to continue living a superficial existence among strangers. That's all I got, guys. Uh, hi, my name is Jesus, and I'm an addict. Um, for, for what I see my whole life that I've been trying to figure out, which I, li- I, like, to, I like to drink, I like to smoke, I like to do all kinds of things. But when I find myself where I can have drugs or anything like that, I, I turn uh, to alcohol and I try to figure out what's my next step. Um, I don't know what's the, uh, what's the, the um, preference or choice for you guys, but uh, to me, anything that has to do with getting high or shooting or whatever, is, it helps me. <laughs> but, but, but I'm learning um, to take it slow and say, you know what? If I don't make a right decision, um, then I, I need to stick to it. Uh, and that I won't turn back on my word and say, you know what, I'm not gonna get high today or, or tomorrow. Um, but I don't, know, I don't know yet what tomorrow brings. So um, it's just, that would turn my this short because um, it's, um, it's not difficult. I mean, it's not hard, but it's not, uh, it's, it shouldn't be difficult either. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Arlene, alcoholic and drug Arlene. addict. Arlene. Um, oh, man. I uh, started coming here in March. I had one relapse in May. Um, so next month in November, I'll be clean for six months. Uh, it's been quite the journey. Um, I'm doing the BBA workshop almost immediately. Everything just like bam, bam, bam. <laughs> About two, three weeks into coming here, um, I got invited to do the workshop with David and, and Oliver. So I'm doing that, um, finishing up with the uh, step four. I'm about to turn in all my homework and secrets. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that one turns out. Um, Oliver might want to make a movie. But, uh, <laughs> um, man, it's been great. I, it's been painful. Uh, what I you know, have struggled the most with is codependency. Um, and it, it goes back to, you know, like the way we're raised, uh, especially as a Hispanic woman, you just, you write it out with your man till the wheels fall off, you know, uh, or you're just not looked at as enough of a woman, but, but I also have a very short fuse and I'd rather go get drunk. And I keep dealing with the yeah. all my long-term relationships have been five years. I've lived with about five different men and only for about five years and just get the F out. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a mission for my parents to have me as a daughter because of that. Um, just, uh, we were talking about the first step last time. I was like, well, my problem wasn't that I didn't know I was an alcoholic. I come from a family of addicts and alcoholics. At age 12, 13, some of my cousins were already, you know, shooting up heroin and we were all tweaking and and drinking. I knew what I was. I just didn't care. Um, You know, which was like the sad part to it. Uh, It was the part of accepting that I have no control over my life. That was the kicker to do step one, to ever come into these doors. Was, you know, I was okay with being an alcoholic. I knew I was an alcoholic. We were all alcoholics. The, the only like four people that were not alcoholics in our family, we just like, we gave them a hard time because <laughs> we didn't know what was wrong with them. But um, it was accepting that I have no control over my life, 
that I just, you know, I'm just so self-destructive. That part I couldn't accept. Uh, so getting through with that and then learning how to like just turn my whole life over to my higher power and never again take the reins into my hand. So that's something that I'm, you know, learning day by day. It's not always the easiest, especially with the codependency. Um, but I'm, but I'm learning and learning how to let go the resentments. I mean, it, it, it's a struggle. It takes a lot of effort, um, especially when you've been just a very rebellious, spoiled brat. Because uh, I did come from, you know, we we always lived pretty well. Um, so I pretty much always had everything handed and I was always, you know, a pretty little Hispanic girl that only weighed a hundred pounds. So I just, you know, showed up and said hi and everybody gave me what I wanted. You know, they couldn't get, you know, figure out how to give me enough just to keep me there. So I was like, you know, telling my friends, like, come on, I found who's going to buy us all the bottles for the night, um, which was not good either because it never showed me how to you know how to do what I really need to do how to have a real life and a real foundation and I became a mom very young so then what am I giving my kids what am I showing my kids you know um I'm 47 years old I have grown kids my granddaughter's about to turn 10 in a couple of days and I finally got to a place where it's like just enough, you know, e enough. And I had to accept that I just, I'm just a lost case. Um, so I'm glad to see a lot of new people that are barely starting. It's, it's going to be hard work because you have to accept yourself and your mistakes. Um, but it's the most like it's the biggest freedom that I've ever had in my entire life. So happy 24 hours, everybody. Good evening, everybody. My name is Oliver and I am an alcoholic. Luisito, thank you for the topic, man. And, uh, and I was thinking down here, you know, I've been blessed now to be, uh, for being serene for a while, man. You know, I've been, I've been okay. But you know, I, I have to remember how it started, man. I mean, that word continue. I mean, I mean, you know, today I talked to a really good friend of mine in the morning, and uh, and that's one thing for certain. This is the hardest thing that I have ever done in my life. Nothing has been harder than my sobriety, because I had to, for the first time in my life, life look within and see who was the guy that was looking at me in that mirror, you know. And I always hated that man. I never loved that man. I always criticized that man. I always thought less of, 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 of that man. So to come into this journey and what just Arlene just said, to realize that I am powerless over my life, not only about alcohol, but my life. That all my life I've been looking for this power that I haven't been able to find, right? But the power to do what? To change the man in glass. So to continue to stay here, to continue to be sober, it's the hardest thing I have done in my life. And some days, just being sober has to be enough. At the beginning, it's really hard, guys. I mean, hell is real. I mean, when, when my mind, when fear struck me, man, it was as real as this room. When doubt is there, it's as real as this room. You know, when guilt, and all those things that, that, that we grow accustomed on living, but we run away really fast. We run as fast as we can to the bottle, to the drug addiction, to the, to the, to the girl, to the money, to the work, to whatever your addiction is. So to continue and to practice this, like, like Liz was talking about, man, it's really hard. But saying that it's really hard is not a figure of speech. It is really hard. Because in times of despair, the despair is real. The sadness is real. The fear is real. And you feel like you're either going to die or you have to drink, but you cannot deal with your emotions. You see, I used all my life because I didn't like to feel. That's it. I don't like to feel. 
I don't know how to deal with feelings. I don't know how to deal with fear. I don't know how to deal with guilt. I don't know how to deal with responsibility. I don't know how to deal with nothing. So what did I do? I just numbed that. I was too afraid. I never let an emotion run its course in my life. I was too afraid. Boom, I got drunk at the you know. So to continue to stay sober, man, to practice this program. And what does this program, it, it, this is a huge program. I mean, for all the newcomers, man, this is, everything is in there, man. Whatever Buddha teaches you is there. Whatever Jesus teaches you is there. I mean, it's, it's so full of, of beautiful stuff, of tools that have helped me and it will continue to help me for the rest of my life. Everything is there. But at the beginning, you know, I mean, just being sober has to be enough. Waking up and up opening your eyes some days, they're so shitty and so dark that the only thing that I could have done back then was not to pick up a drink or do a pill or do a drug, and that has to be enough. What happened to me, it's nothing short of a miracle. What happened to my friend David, to my friend Keith, to my friend Luis, I mean, to all my friends here that I have seen walk through recovery, is nothing short of a miracle. Why? I wanted to die, man. I didn't want to live. I was too afraid. I felt too guilty. But those things were real. I mean, I don't know how to say this over and over and over. When the storm hits, when it's dark, it's dark. And those are the moments when you need to continue. Those are the moments when you need to practice. And just being sober for the next 10 minutes is enough. Forget about what's going to happen financially in 10 years, man. What's going to happen to your husband or your wife? Or what's going to happen to life? I mean, I, I haven't been able to figure out my life. I'm 53 years old and I'm still an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just don't, don't listen to it. Just stay sober. And some days that's enough. That is enough. Because if I drink and if I drug, the game is over. And you know why? Because no matter how high I get, when I come back, the problem is still there, man. <laughs> they don't go away. The emotion is still there. I have to deal with the emotion when I'm back. You know, so either I stay high the rest of my life and I die of an overdose or I kill myself like the guy that Luis was talking about. Right? Or I commit suicide, whatever it may be, in order to, to, to finish my suffering. Or I let myself be, for the first time in my life, sober and feel my feelings. You won't die of fear. I promise you, you won't die of fear. I have peed my pants in fear on my own, my house. And the fear lived in my head. Nothing was happening, man. The birds were chirping. I was healthy. I was peeing my pants. I have peed my pants of, of fear. True? I've been so angry, I have punched holes all over my house. I've been so angry, I abused my kids verbally, hard. You know, but no matter what, man, just don't drink. That's it. Thank you. Hi, Mer, alcoholic. So grateful to be here. Thank you, Luis, for your share. Um, that was awesome. Um, yeah, I think right now my saving grace has been I've been really throwing myself into the program harder than ever. Um, so definitely continuing on my 10-step inventory nightly. Um, but you know, I mean, everyone shared on it perfectly, like being sober and now at this stage of my life, um, it's just so glaringly like real, my character defects, my like, you know, still controlling ways, um, or the anxiety of not being in God's will because, you know, my humanness takes over me. And sometimes, you know, especially like this past weekend, you know, I had the bad case of, I know we're not allowed to cuss, so F it. And um, I was just in self-will, like, you know, I ate all the junk food that I wanted, like, I didn't work out, like, all the things that I know will make me feel better, like, just sit your butt down and just journal, like, whatever's going on in here. Um, I didn't want to do it, you know? I wouldn't put my retainers in my, like, just, like, such temper tantrum. And I can get myself out of it. But, you know, thank you so much, Oliver. Like, just reminding me sometimes it's just going to be enough for me to stay sober and not, you know, really destruct. 
Um, but I have, a, I have a loving God who's constantly showing himself to me. You know, I've gone to meeting every day uh, and every meeting that I go to, it's like God right there. Um, like yesterday, I went to an evening meeting where I was on um, step 11 meditation and we did meditate. And afterwards, um, they did, um, we read from um, the step um, 12, the 12 and 12. And it was on meditation and it was again just you know like I'm just not in God's will and sometimes I'm just not knowing how I'm not staying in God's will it's like the alcoholic mind is just so real um and I realized too like this past couple of days like I'm still trying to think my way into being spiritual like that's not how it works you know like it's just allowing those feelings to like walk like just sit in my uncomfortable feelings you know and it's just like as soon as I'm meditating and I'm feeling really uncomfortable and just things I'm like oh yeah I gotta go do this and it's like no you don't have to do that it's just I'm not again I'm just distracting myself um but it's okay you know like just like the career that I've you know stepped into one thing I've promised myself is I'm not gonna stop, you know? That's just, you know, the only time that I fail is when I stop. So I, you know, sometimes I do it poorly. I'm practicing my program poorly. I haven't flipped anyone off when I'm driving. So I think that is very much improvement for me. Because, thank you, because I do have some road rage, but I've been really good. Um, I've been just staying in my lane. I've been like, okay, today we're staying in the second lane and you're not gonna move. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to be freaking, you know, a speed demon on the road. Um, so that's been good, but I'm definitely, you know, I'm having some struggles and it's just emotional, you know, but I mean, that's why I drink and use because I don't like feeling, if it's not really happy or really angry, those middle feelings, I'm just not comfortable with, you know, but it's okay. I'm going to continue to come back and continue to do the work. Thank you. Hi. On Alcoholic. Hi, Hi. Thanks, ladies, for your share. Oh, I love this place. Um, oh, my goodness gracious. I, too, am a miracle. Aww. Um, <laughs> I know. Sorry to believe that. <laughs> Feels pretty good to say. What do you think about that? Funny, funny story. Um, so I turned five yesterday. And Right, I know, and let me tell you, don't take that journey, you know what I mean? Like, stay now, stay now. Um, but I'll tell you, what God, I never knew God, and um, what he did for me recently is a pretty, pretty amazing story. And I've had a really tumultuous relationship with my son's father, who I lost my son because of my drinking. And it was a long, hideous court battle, and, you know, really, I mean, it was, you think it's hard to stop drinking when you don't have that big a loss. When there's that big a loss, that's an even bigger hole to come out of. And I tell you, there was just no light at the end of that tunnel. It was rough and it was really, really painful like you guys had described too, those feelings. It was so, so, so painful. Uh, but now, it's so different. And you know, like we said, I, I don't share about, about those times and my drink a lot really, because I really live in the solution no matter what it is, is like everything's like forward motion, right? I would happily share stories as my experience, you know, strength and help, but that's just not where I live today. And interestingly enough, that's what I'm trying to teach. I'm really, really trying to implement the, the program in, in my son who we're going through something right now. And, um, you know, he's had a hard time dealing with his dad for, for several years and the things that he said to him because he yells at him and he says mean things to him as if it's going to change, you know, his actions are doing better at school or study more. And he just, he just turned fit. My son just turned 15 and he's been trying to tell his dad for a long time how he feels. And his dad hasn't, hasn't listened, you know, and, um, recently he refused to go back to his dad's care. And, you know, I've told him this whole time, I want you to, you need to talk to your dad. Cause no matter what, and no matter how I feel about his dad, I don't want my son to have, to have, um, resentments against his father. I don't want him to grow up with that. Like, I know it. I know it well. I see fear grids. I see, you know, I see a whole life of my son having to be where we have or where I have his whole life. 
and like not work through it because it's easier to run away from it and not deal with it because her feelings are super, super scary. And especially when you're a kid and you have hormones and you've probably bottled up how you felt about, you know, about things for a while and just expressing your feelings is really hard. And I've told him for years that he, that he needs to tell his dad how he feels and that's just not a safe place for him. But as of late, he refused to go back to his dad's house and to the point of, like his dad was on my doorstep and I let him in my home. And mind you, I, I, I talked to him through a parenting app. We, we don't speak and he just says really mean things and so I don't, I don't talk to him. And I let him in my home and I was like, hey, if you want to try to talk to Bo, then you can and just go right in. He's like, I know that's really hard for you, Mom. Not really, like I just don't have any of these ill will feel. I don't, I don't feel any anger, any ill will, any resentments towards, towards him at all anymore. Like I've just, I don't know, it's, God's done that to me clearly because um, I just don't and I opened my door to him and he sat up trying to convince my son to open the door and he wouldn't do it and he was walking down my stairway and I had made, I hadn't made amends to him yet and he ended up in tears and I ended up hugging this man at that time. Like God brought my ex-husband who was, an, he was really, really mean and nasty to my foot, to my door in tears so I could make amends to him. I'm like, dude, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> I didn't have to go find him. I didn't have to knock on the door. I didn't have to call. Cause I was gonna try to do a hit and run. Like, surprise, I'm here, I'm sorry, okay, bye. And you're not supposed to do it that way. But like to my, the bottom of my stairs and I was hugging him, I'm like, listen, I know how it feels and it's gonna be okay. Cause my son was mad at me for months for my drinking. And it's a really uncomfortable feel. It's so painful and so uncomfortable. And that he ended up apologizing to me for how mean and hateful he was, taking my son away, being just, I mean, it was, it was really, it was really, really nasty. You know, I, I lost my son on my own, but um, they were really nasty to me through that court battle, him and the entire family. And um, Bo still won't talk to him. He still won't talk to him. And I, so I'm trying to facilitate this reunion with my son and his dad to just talk it out and do all those things and he won't do it. So I wasn't honest with him and I'll, I won't do it again, but I felt I had to to get him to this therapist that he used to see, a court appointed one. So then, so then um, she could tell, she could bring us, the parents in with him and she came back and told Jimmy that he's, which is my ex-husband, that he's, he's a really angry kid and that door is not open for you right now. And like, you're just gonna have to give him time. And what I watched fall apart on the couch, he's got 20 years of sobriety. And the reason I was sharing this with you is because he's got 20 years sober and he has no spiritual fitness at all whatsoever. Like he just crumbled and he goes to like, he catastrophized, like he just, I watch his mind. I ended up sitting on a therapy couch with him like a week later. I'm like, yeah, I'll totally go, whatever. No big deals, because no, no big deals anymore. There are literally no big deals anymore. Whatever, you can, you can talk about, like you tried to feel bad about saying something about my drink. I'm not tripping on that at all. No, it's the truth, it is what it is. There, it's, all that's gone, right? But to just to watch that meltdown and that madness happen, I commend him for 20 years of, of not using, but there's that spiritual, that spiritual malady and being not spiritually fit, right? That that's what he's up against right now. And I don't know how to help him work for that because I don't want I don't want to give him BB. Is that terrible? <laughs> I don't want him to be in my group. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Like that's what he needs. That's what he needs because it's different. Like that's what he needs because you can you can see that struggle, right? You can see that struggle. So, um, you know, I hope my son listens, and I'll, I know I'm out of time, but um, you know, I hope I hope he listens, and I'm just I just keep trying to feed him. I'll tell you really quick. He was having a meltdown before he was going to baseball, thinking the family that he's mad at because they're super, anyways, they're doing other things. And he, he went down this rabbit hole, and like I shut him in his room, I lit some candles, and I put this 10-minute meditation on, and I was like, just give me your phone, and like, just breathe, and he lasted that 10 minutes, and like, he ended up doing good in baseball, so I'm trying. Thanks for letting me show up. My name's Jason, I'm a recovered drug addict and alcoholic. Really good to be here tonight, thank you guys. Um, I'm sitting here listening. It's so awesome to uh, have taken this commitment and to sit like front and center right there and, uh, and just get to like be with you guys as you talk. Like, I just wanted to share that. Like, it's beautiful, man. It's like, it's rad. It's filling my spirit with, with goodness and God. It's awesome. Um, I'm powerless over drugs and alcohol, man. Like completely and utterly powerless. And 
The book says it perfectly for me. I love the effects produced. I love it. I'm not that far removed from it. I, I haven't forgotten. I love it. Uh, the problem is when I start, I can't control it. I cannot control it. And, you know, I used to think that was my problem. And the beauty of coming in here and working with, with you guys, I understand that it's only a symptom. Um, and, and after I admit my powerlessness and I'm willing to look at the real problem in my life, right? Um, I, I've come to an understanding that God's grace in my life is a gift. It's a gift, right? Nothing I can do, nothing I have done, nothing I will do has given me that grace, period, okay? So after I admitted my powerlessness, I get to my second step. I come to believe, I come to believe, I come to believe. Through that belief, God's grace manifests in my life. Manifests in my life with blessings, right? And even if they're subtle, even if I don't recognize them, I'm sober. So now I'm ready, I'm reborn. It says in the book, I am reborn through this belief. Through the belief and only the belief I'm ready to make a decision, right? And if I'm new, and like Luis was saying, I'm reborn, I'm new, man. I've been in this program four and a half years. I stand here with almost six months of sobriety. I'm just a baby, and I don't know shit, and I appreciate you talking about, you know, two years, right? And it's a good reminder for me just to absorb and just to listen and to be part of and to, and to remain teachable. Because in my mind, I already know everything. I know this program, I know the book, and it's a bunch of horseshit, really. So the truth is that I don't know anything. What I do know is that I believe. What I do know is that I have made a decision. And what I do know is that God's grace is manifesting in my life. I'm standing here sober today. It's a miracle. It's a miracle because I don't just drink. Um, you know, as far as continue goes in my life today, after working the step process through the Big Book Awakening, it's been a, a very enlightening and spiritual experience for me. Um, continuing for me today looks like getting my feet on the floor when I get up in the morning. Getting my feet on the floor. Getting grounded, like it says, I want to recreate my life. So I get grounded. So I meditate. I pray. I open the big book. I open the Bible. I open a couple of devotionals. It's just what I do. I journal. Dude, this tough guy who knows everything, start journaling every morning, right? And, and someone shared with me in BBA. And after seven days, I go back on Sunday and I read what I wrote. And I get to see the pits, the hills, the valleys, the grace, the goodness, and I get to recognize God's grace in my life right there in my own handwriting. It's like, wow, it's super rad, right? And how do I improve? You know, I was driving here today thinking, you know, I used to be closed-minded, arrogant prick. That was me. And I could back it up because I could buy whatever I want. I could do whatever I want. I could have whatever I want. I could have whoever I want. And I've proven it in my life, and it's been horrible. And today I, I am becoming, because I don't know anything and I'm super new, but I, I, as I was driving here, I was thinking I am becoming an open-minded, loving, tolerant, kind, and understanding person that can actually sit there and listen to you talk. Wow. Like I didn't, that's not me. Dude, I'm, I got narcissistic issues, man. I got, there's a lot of work that has to be done here. You know, nobody could tell me anything. So... That's how I'm improving in my life. That's how I continue in this process. And how am I practicing today? You know, I had this horrible situation with my son and, and it's growing and, it, and, it, and I made this crazy amends. I did all these things through this process, through faith, through God's grace. And uh, he came over, we were watching the Padre game, right? So I have everybody over. Dude, my son is 31 years old dating some 52 year old woman who she's a year older than my, my wife. Right. And I'm able to sit there and be OK with that. Don't think I didn't have to pray about it. Don't think I didn't. Don't think it wasn't weird. Don't think, you know, we didn't have a conversation afterwards. Like that was kind of trippy. Right. Like he's a good looking dude. Like what's what are you doing? Right. And uh, and my other son's there and he's drinking and my wife's drinking. And I had a friend out of town and it was. I was able to practice neutrality and peace and serenity and be okay with that. I couldn't do that a year ago in Alcoholics Anonymous. I couldn't do I'd say, everybody out of my house. I'm sober now. Don't you see? You don't get to be around me unless you're sober, right? That's not God's grace. That's Jason's will just thrown on you, you know? So 
Those are the things that are happening in my life today. I still love the effects produced. I'm still completely powerless. And if I don't continue and if I don't improve and if I don't practice, I will do it again. I will do it again. I guarantee you. I've proven it time and time again. So it's great to be sober today. So thank you. Hi, everybody. Again, my name is David, and I am an alcoholic. And let me tell you a little bit what's happening to me. Okay? So, see, God, you know, he tests you a lot of times. You better watch out, you know. He always, you know, is wondering, you know, what are you doing or what are you preaching? So, you know, he, he puts you some shit in your way to see how well you're doing. And he does it all the time with me. You know, you, most of you know what I, what I, what I do. For, for, you know, I'm a chef for you new guys, you know. So I, I'm super busy. I have, a, you know, only 11 banquets this week. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just rolling away doing, you know, my things today, you know, with, my, with, a, with half of my crew and, uh, and prepping for, for the banquets. And uh, I also have some VIP uh, tastings. So all of a sudden, the telephone ring. And this is a guy that worked with me that he's going to do the taste. He's one of the chefs, you know. And so I answered the phone in a funny way, and it's not him. It's his girlfriend. And, uh, and, and, and he said, no, no, chef. It's, this is it's Tina. I said, what's, what's happening, Tina? He said, well, well Kyle is really sick. He's throwing up, and, uh, and uh, he's not going to be able to come to work. You know, and I said, you know, he's a little walky, you know, he drinks all the time, like there is no tomorrow, you know, this, this, you know the barn of the, of the barrel is always empty, you know, has a hole in it. So, so, so this is where, where, where my mind goes, you know, this, this, is, uh, 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 this is the guy in 10 years that he's working with me, he never calls sick. This is the first time, that's what I'm telling you, you better watch out for God, he tells you all the time. So what I do now, you know, I do instead of, you know, of any other time, you know, years ago, I, uh, the first thing that would come in my mind, I would go, I would be so pissed off, you know, screaming and yelling to everybody, you know, and, and please, you know, what the hell am I going to do? Who's going to do these stupid tastings and so on and getting angry and, you know, I, I cook with a lot of booze, you know, so the first thing I will, I will do is grab the first bottle that was in, in, in my way and, and get three Goals, you know, half a bottle will, go, will be gone, you know. And, it's, and, and instead of, you know, getting the things better, everything, every time got worse. But when you're in this program and you have a close, thank you very, Luis, I forgot to thank you, close, a close contact with, with God, you know, you know what to do. He's just testing you. And you know what's, what's coming to my mind immediately? I have a little science in the back of me, you know, God is going to tell you exactly what to do. And he never failed me. You know, so what I try to tell you that I, I'm looking for solutions now. This is what, what God is telling me time after time after time like that. I don't aggravate myself and I don't aggravate anybody else. So I, asked, I, I start, you know, telling everybody what to do for the... I know I was going to do this tasting. It's at 12 o'clock and it's at 10 o'clock. And I don't even have the food in there. This guy had it in his house. You know, so I say, God, they're here, there am I again, without panicking. I swear without panicking at all, because that's my first reaction before. I will panic, you know. So, so things start coming, you know, into, in, into, into my mind. You know, you do this, you do that, you do that, you do this, and you do that, you know. So all of a sudden, it's 11.30 and I have everything ready. But I have another tasting at... Six o'clock. So anyway, I have a banquet going on, and I have six banquet chefs. You know, two are doing the banquet. The other one is in Los Angeles because I call. The other one is sick, and the other one is school. Is, is in school. So who's going to do the test? It's me. So I call the boss, and I said, look, this is what's happening. You know, he knows I'm, I'm at work from 7 o'clock in the morning or 6.30, and this other uh, uh, tasting is at 7.30 in the morning. See, the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm going to miss the meeting. That will never happen before. You know, that was my, 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 my worst worry. I'm going to miss this meeting tonight. You know, why? Because this is what, you know, where you have your tools, your energy. You know, if you want to get energetic, come to the meetings. This is how you continue, 
you know, uh, 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 improving. And you know what? You, 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 every, every, every day of your life, you know, your lightness is bigger, you know. Everything gets bigger, everything gets happier, you know, and everybody around you can see that, you know, uh, what is happening. You should see my crew laughing and just looking at me, and I did this tasting in 15 minutes. My, 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 my banquet chef will, will take an hour and 15 minutes to do. You know, this is what happens when you have God with you, well, with, with God is helping you doing all these things, you know, this is what happened. Every, there is nothing is gonna stop God. Every, every obstacle that you have is gonna, it has a solution. And it's right away, right away, my friends. You know, after I finish this, this then taste, and I'm gonna finish with this, you know, I said, thank you, God, all the time, because he's helping me, he's with me. All the time I invite him over. The boss called me and he said, look, chef, you know, the tasting at night is canceled. I said, thank you, God, again, so I don't want to stay there. <laughs> this is what happened, compass, guys. This is the place for you, because if you hear my story one of these days, you know, I was a dead case. I should be six feet under, but I'm here telling you my crazy stuff. So anyway, thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, this is all the time we have for sharing. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe at eastlakebba.com. You can also help us reach others by spreading the word about our podcast. Thank you for joining us today on the East Lake Big Book Awakening Podcast.